ஹலோ வெல்கம் டு ஆல்டர்னேட்டிக் ஆட்டா இட்ஸ் அ பாட்காஸ்ட் ரன் பை அவர் ஃபிலிம் பேஜ் ஆல்டர்னேட்டிக் வேர் வி ட்ரை டு கன்வர்ஸ் வித் ஃபில்ம் மேக்கர்ஸ் ப்ரொடியூசர்ஸ் ஃபில்ம் கிரிட்டிக்ஸ் அண்ட் எனி அதர் ஃபில்ம் ரிலேட்டட் டேலண்ட் வி பப்ளிஷ் நியூ எபிசோட்ஸ் எவ்ரி வீக் ஸோ டோன்ட் ஃபர் கேட் டூன் இன் யூ கேன் ஃபைண்ட் அஸ் ஆன் ஃபேஸ்புக் அண்ட் இன்ஸ்டாகிராம் ஆன் ஃபேஸ்புக் வி ஆர் அட் டபுள் 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 டாட் On Instagram, you can find us by searching underscore alternatic underscore. Please send us your feedback on any of these social media platforms. So without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Hi, I'm Devanjan. With me, there are my good friends, Shaginik and Shubodhi. Welcome to Alternate Take, where we discuss filmmakers, artists, writers, critics. And I'm very delighted to be in conversation with Rehan Mudanayake. He is one of the principal actors in Deepa Mehta's recently released Funny Boy. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Just for starters, um, could you tell us how were you originally approached for the role of uh, Shehan? Uh, and, and given your lack of acting experience, uh, what were some of your initial apprehensions or hesitations or hiccups while taking on this project? Um, okay, so when I was 19, I, I worked on Deepa's, uh, the previous film she shot in Sri Lanka, Midnight's Children. Uh, I was an assistant decorator on that. Um, then like 10 years later, this is like about two summers ago, I was, I was in the middle of doing my master's in London and um, she had woken up in the middle of the night and she remembered my face from, from 10 years ago. Um, and uh, she asked her assistant to drop me a message, right? And um, her assistant wrote this email to me and she said, hi, Randeepu would like to, would, uh, you know, she's casting a new film. She'd like to, she'd like to know whether you act. You know, to which I said, yeah, sure, of course I act. blatant lie right because like i don't have any acting experience and all my experience is like basically behind the camera uh but i was like uh yeah sure you know they're like okay cool well i mean um we'd like to see what you like, what you what you look like um and you know by the way here are some lines you know here are some signs um send us back the signs by by tomorrow uh so i so i had looked through the signs and i was like oh wow okay so this is one of the lead roles like now there's no turning back you know i've really kind of gone and done it this time um um i don't know i mean i i kind of thought to myself like i was like it definitely wasn't going to get it but um like like i figured there were there were more deserving probably more qualified people for this role but i was, was going to give it my best shot um um yeah because i guess i didn't really have anything to lose so i basically sat in my in my living room in East London and I got my housemate to film me on on my iPhone uh and I didn't really know what I was doing but like I acted them like I acted the scenes out the way I might I might direct them and you know I sent them off um the very next day she responded and she uh like like deep actually emailed she said hi how are you you know uh nice to be in touch um she said I watched your auditions um and she was like they were interesting could you maybe try it out like this so i said okay cool she gave me some vague directions um so i read the scenes and i sent them sent them back the next day and then she was like you know she responded like the very next day after that she said listen those were good but i want you to get up i want you to walk around use the space around you come on impress me 
um, and you know, I mean, when an Oscar-nominated director says, you know, come on, impress me, it's like it's like mildly terrifying, you know. Um, so anyway, I redid the scenes, I sent them off, and then so I did so I did them like a third time, and I didn't really hear back from them for some like for some time, and I was watching what they got the emails. I was in London, they were in Toronto, um, and I, I was wondering what the like whether you know whether the videos had gotten through like what the what the scene was um you know until i got a call on my phone and it was deep and she said you know rehan we loved your auditions uh and we'd like to we'd like to cast you as shehan um and i think yeah what she said to me was she said i think you're experiencing directing your your experience in directing shorts these last seven years um has uh you know kind of like resulted in these i mean she's very complimentary of the audition she was like you know we love the auditions and i think it's because you have this direct experience you know you were able to follow my directions um i mean and then like the next question was was you know are you free in october i just finished my i was about to finish my master's it worked out perfectly um they weirdly ended up flying me back home you know to do the film which was you know all kinds of amazing so that anyways so that's like how i got the that's how I got the gig. Um, uh, the next question is, what is your, what is your um, fear or apprehension while taking on the role? Yeah, I mean, hmm, I mean, I would say, I mean, I had zero experience, right? Like no films, no plays, nothing. Unlike all my kind of fellow actors, and I, 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 I think like the biggest fear was the fact that like. Since I blagged my way through like three rounds of auditions, I was pretty sure I would turn up on set and she'd like fire me. You know, I was like, this is like definitely, this is not going to last more than like a day or two. She's like gonna, definitely going to see through me, you know. Um, but um, thankfully, I managed to fool her till, till the very end. To this day, she still thinks I can act. Um, but um, I mean, I think that fear definitely followed me all the way through. Like I definitely felt like a... I definitely felt like a fraud sitting next to like Seema Biswas, you know, in like workshops, you know, <laughs> like pretending to be an actor. Um, uh, and, you know what, yeah. what, what? What I will say is there's a uh, there's this great quote by Austin Wells, right? Austin Wells was asked uh, like how the hell he managed to make one of the greatest films of all time when he was 25, and he said he said you know sheer ignorance. He said, you know, there's no confidence to equal it. It's only when you know something about a profession that you're, you're more careful, you're more cautious. Um, and I think kind of going into that, there's a, you know, going into this film, there's like a certain ignorance that like overpowers your fears um, when you're like a novice at something. Um, and yeah, perhaps that kind of helped me. Um, yeah. And I'm just being curious, how did you get involved with Midnight Children? I think you did your schooling in England. So were you in Colombo at that time? So how did that come so about? She, yeah, so she was in, so she was, she was looking at locations and uh, she'd actually shot water in Sri Lanka when I was 15. And I was an extra in water. Um, but like, you know, like for like a split second, like blink and you'll miss me. I'm on like the podium with Gandhi. But like, you know, yeah, you never noticed me if you if you watched it. But like um, she was making this film and I, I was actually in Sri Lanka for holidays. And um, so I, I, I think I was kind of in, I, you know, I was in touch at that point. I was like 19 or 20 years old. And uh, she asked me whether, you know, whether I wanted to be like a part of the part of the part of the project. And I was like, hells yeah, you know, I mean, um, and 
yeah, I think that's how I that's how I kind of came to be a part of that. Uh, and initially, I was in charge of casting. All, all the local casting was done over. Was was well, I basically handled most of the local casting. We went through about three thousand kind of uh, three thousand um, uh, interviews, you know, auditions to cast like eight hundred roles. It was such a gargantuan film, multiple locations, so many different actors. Um, uh, I did like a bit of aiding work as well, um, uh, and then yeah, then I became and then like an, I was like an assistant to the set decorator, which is like a glorified time for laborer. Um, so you know, I spent most of my time just like you know carrying furniture around. Um, yeah, it was great. It was like it was like my first introduction to to like a film set. You know, like actually like working on a film set around like professionals. Um, yeah. Fantastic experience. Yeah. So Mehta has often uh, spoken about uh, using Natyashastra as a principal guidebook for direction. So did that yeah. approach apply for this film as well? And if yes, was it a bit disorienting at the beginning? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm actually. Re I'm really impressed. You guys have like done your homework. Like she definitely she used it on this film. She totally used it on this film. Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was really disorienting just because all of, like this was this was like a series of firsts for me, right? You know, I had no acting experience. I, I I didn't like. I never went to acting school, and I'd never even heard of the Nagati Trust. I didn't know it was like this ancient dramaturgical text written five hundred years ago for artists and and performers. But I mean, she used it on this film. Um, I like I know like I like she told us that she often uses it as like a base for actors when. Helping them develop their performances, uh, or like helping them develop their characters, um, and I mean, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think back to it now. This is like about two years ago. Um, I mean, it was it was invaluable. It was like three years of acting school, you know, condensed into into three days essentially, and the the the, the so the workshop was. Uh, she wanted to know like a bit about the workshop. Like she, um, it was basically composed of a series of warm-ups and exercises. So over the three days, so like the warm-ups included everything from. There's a really really crazy warm-up which uh, which was amazing, but like initially really terrifying. They gave us a piece of string. Well, we had to choose partners, um, and they gave us a each. They they gave each kind of like. Um, each group like a piece of string and they were like, right, we want you to tie that string, like basically attach it to your partner. So I tied the string around my finger and uh, I, I was with the AD, with the first AD read. Um, and they were like, okay, now you're blind for the next half an hour and you can't talk to each other. I'm gonna send you out into the hotel courtyard. Um, and I mean, that, it, 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 was, it was initially really, I mean, as I said, just like really terrifying just because you're not allowed to open your eyes. You're losing all your senses, like, like your most important sense, you know. Um, and um, it was it was really bizarre, I think, because I must have been really bizarre for people at the hotel looking at us, right? Like seeing all these actors just kind of like wandering around, you know, uh, hand in hand. But like, it was strange. It's like the moment you know, the moment one loses one sense, like your other senses become heightened. Um, so I was able to, I was, 
I was able to kind of, uh, I could hear like the passing of the trains, uh, the sound of birds flying overhead. Uh, I could I could feel the moistness of the grass, the coldness of the concrete under my feet. It's like all these senses kind of, um, kind of became heightened as a result of that. Um, and it was also like a bonding experience as well, right? You know, it was a, like all of these kind of uh, warm-ups and exercises were bonding, um, kind of like um, trust-building, trust-building um, exercises. Um, Nini Agam like fell in like the swimming pool at one point, which is quite funny um, during this exercise. Uh, but, like, and then they came out like drenched. Everyone was like, what happened? And they were like, yeah, we wandered towards the hotel swimming pool and like we fell in, um, you know. Uh, but they just told us to like continue with the exercise. Uh, but yeah, so, so like that was, so, so there were like warm ups like that. Uh, and um, there, were, there were like, there were like exercises as well. And I did one, the one, the ones you guys have, the ones you guys might have read about that she's used on like previous films, I think like Midnight's Children as well. And the last one, Beaver Boys, was, um, Nine, uh, it was like the nine, I don't know what it's called, but it was essentially the room was divided into nine squares. Um, so like a grid of like the nine pure emotions. Um, and uh, I think only Ali had done this before because he was on the previous film. The rest of us were like in the dark, right? We didn't really know what uh, what was about to happen. Um, so I mean, like there were the various emotions like fear, anger, uh, compassion, bravery um and she asks us to select like a key line that our character says uh, and then walk into each of those boxes and come out with the line but it was more about but it was it was more than just kind of saying the line you know the corresponding the corresponding emotion it was also about figuring out a logical pathway through the different through the different kind of boxes um uh like i remember kind of going I remember, I remember Seema did hers and oh my gosh, like she did things I've never seen before. Like which the whole room just went silent and we were just like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like, and Deepa turns around, Deepa's like, Deepa's just like, uh, you know, Seema, I think that is like a masterclass in acting, you know, um, that was absolutely amazing. You blew my mind. Who'd like to go next? Rahan, why don't you go next? And I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, cool. Like, sure. Um, so like I went on and like um, I remember starting with anger and the moment I did that um, uh, Deepa and Neelam, Neelam Ji, whom I think you guys might know, I think you, you interviewed, you interviewed Kab Kabir recently, uh, whom I worked with actually on Midnight's Children. Um, uh, both of them were just like, why are you starting off with anger? You know, anger is not, not an emotion that you start off with. You know, it's an emotion that you build up to. And like, the moment I heard that, I was like, God, they're right. Um, so I, I spent a bit more time kind of walking around and, um, uh, uh, whilst I, like, whilst I was like, like I gave it another shot and, uh, like it, it just came out horribly, it came out wrong. You know, they, they were just like, it, they were just like, it doesn't sound authentic. It sounds fake. Um, and I listened to what one of the other actors had told me during, during our little break. Algam had turned to me and she was like, listen, if you can control your breathing, the rest of your body will follow, uh, which is just fantastic advice. Um, I mean, I spent, so I spent like another like two, three minutes just kind of wandering around the boxes. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go for it. And I went for it. And um, it was, it was just amazing. You know, it, um, 
it kind of, I think it was a, in many ways, it was kind of like a boot camp for those scenes where my, my character traverses different kind of emotional states within a short period of time. Uh, like the scene, like the scene where Shehan and Arji get into a fight, you know, they get into that little scrap in the schoolyard. You know, he goes from, I don't know, he goes from the state of kind of like heartbreak and, you know, to like disappointment to, you know, to, 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 to upset and anger. Um, and then he kind of finally turns violent. Um, and we didn't block that scene out, you know? I mean, we, we spent like about five minutes blocking it out, but we didn't rehearse it. So there weren't like rehearsals, you know, for any of the, for the scenes, you know, Deepa doesn't really like to do line readings or anything like that. Um, so yeah, we just kind of went for it. And because I had done like this, this workshop, you know, based on Nathya Shastra, I was, I felt I was kind of well equipped to, I guess to kind of break down and to kind of navigate and perform some of these scenes. Um, yeah, yeah. And how many takes like does she usually take as a director? Oh wow, Ali does any, she does like three, four max. Yeah, which is great as an actor, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Like literally she would do three, four takes. I mean, uh, I mean, I would say for some of the love scenes, I mean, there were maybe two, two takes, you know, from, from, from me, like maybe, yeah, two takes from one angle and two takes from another angle, and then she's done, you know, like we were done, um, uh, which is really refreshing, you know, because I think the more, sometimes, sometimes, the more takes you do, the, the, you know, the less authentic it becomes and the more rehearsed it feels. Um, again, not for all directors, but I felt, yeah, um, perhaps in this particular scenario, um, yeah, uh, it's just like three, four takes, something like that. So could you talk about the spirit of improvisation and breaking the dialogue on the spot or tweaking them? Uh, were there any specific scenes where you did not get to play around a lot? Yeah, um, I mean, the process was pretty collaborative. I mean, I've even mentioned like other interviews, like it was so refreshing working with a director who has a similar style to me. And this is not something I knew going in, obviously. Um, so sometimes the dialogue on the page was treated as a blueprint, um, which meant that there was some improv involved, you know, um, in between and during takes. Uh, we'd shuffle lines around. Sometimes I would come up with new lines or she'd, she'd ask me questions, she'd quiz me, she'd, she'd feel like, you know, how do, you know what, what do you feel your character says here? How do you feel your character would respond, you know? Um, uh, or, or, you know, um, um, I mean, so, so in that sense, it was, it kind of kept scenes really fresh. Um, and I think the fact that I, you know, the fact that like the script is made a blueprint for me when I make my own, when I direct my own films, you know, help me, um, help me. Uh, approach this role with a second and third pair of eyes. Um, but, I mean, I'm trying to think of scenes where like she, you know, where we didn't, where we, where we, where we, where I wasn't allowed to stray. Uh, I think some of the interesting scenes, all the school scenes, like those are just like introductions um, to the character. So like, I kind of stuck to, I kind of stuck to the script um, for all of those scenes where the, where the two are kind of, 
you know, getting to know each other. Um, uh, yeah, and it was like an introduction to, I guess, you know, their relationship. Maybe some of the later scenes that I felt more comfortable improving and, uh, yeah, she allowed me to do so. I think anyway, like from, from what I can remember, it was about two years ago now, but yeah, um, it was great. Interestingly, you've also directed like a couple of short films. So, uh, how did uh, her style, methods, or technique kind of lend, or did they lend anything to your understanding of like your strategies, which you would go on to implement on your later projects? Yeah, I mean, it was a masterclass in directing, right? You know, and I got paid for it. It was great. So it's just like, well, this is like double whammy. You know, I get to watch like one of like. The world's greatest directors. You're one of my faves, one of my idols. Um, uh, I mean, I definitely learned to learn to. Um, I think communicate my own vision more, kind of authentically, more respectfully. Um, but you know, you know, a lot like a lot say like directing is like essentially. I've said this in other in, in other interviews as well. But directing is essentially problem solving. You know, from the moment you arrive at set to like the moment you leave. Um, but directing with deeper was like advanced problem solving. Um, you know, what would take her minutes or like what would take seconds to figure out would take me like minutes, you know, it would, um, and she, I, I guess from all of that experience that she's accumulated over the years, she figured things out a lot faster. So she was able to block scenes within like, you know, five, 10 minutes, she knew exactly what she wanted. She knew what she didn't want us to say, what she wanted us to say, um, uh, I mean, she had a very kind of clear vision of what she wanted. You know, all the great directors seem to have very kind of clear visions of what they want. And that, I, I think that made everybody's job a lot easier. Um, she created a safe space that I didn't feel afraid to kind of feel in. Um, uh, uh, I mean, especially with, I mean, especially with some of the love scenes, I've never done anything like that before, um, let alone with a camera, you know point on my face so um it was yeah uh, she 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 you know she'd like she kind of like guide us through yeah i mean like whenever there's a solution she'd kind of like guide us gently towards a solution she'd never tell us what the what the answer was but she kind of guide us through um i i mean one thing that is really cool as well is how uh kind of honest and truthful she was as a director um you know um if she didn't know the answer to a question, she would, she, she'd turn around, she'd be very, very honest. She'd be like, um, Rehan, I don't know the answer to your question, but let's figure it out together. Um, and that was really refreshing as, you know, like to hear, like as a young director, because I feel like a more insecure, less experienced director, you know, might try blagging their way through, you know, that answer if they got asked the question that like screw up the scene. So, like, I really appreciated, you know, the truthfulness and the, like, honesty. Um, yeah. There's so much. I mean, I just learned so much every day. It was, it was just, just insane. Too much to even recount. Um, yeah. And hopefully strategies of, like, subconsciously um, incorporated into my own style as well, you know, into my own way of working. You worked with uh, Deepa when you were nine before Big Nice Chip. Yeah. What were the key differences that you noticed while working with her on this project? How has she grown as an artist over these years? What are the new approaches to her filmmaking that you've noticed? 
So on that film, I work more closely with her brother, I would say. Um, and I'm not so like like uh, than deeper. So like I since since we were doing, since we were in charge of, um, yeah, since I was like in the art department, I saw more of Dilip um, on that film than I than I did of Deepa because essentially like the art the, the art department's uh, 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 responsibilities are to are to, are to are to set everything up to decorate the place and then move on to the next location. So sometimes they're not even there when they're filming. You know, at at location, um, but I did have like some interaction with her. Uh, um, I don't know whether I saw a huge difference in her approach um, uh, uh, between midnight between you know MC and Funny Boy. Um, she's very much an actor's director. I will say that much. You know, she really values the power of performance. And she'll spend, you know, much of her time by your side, kind of supporting you, guiding you. Um, I mean, she's like a, she's a, she's a real like force of nature, you know, on set, you know, like kind of, kind of like all the great directors, like the Scorseses and the Tarantinos and the PTAs, you know, she cares very deeply about cinema and about filmmaking, you know, it's like what she lives for and she'll, she'll fight for her vision. You know, and to tell the truth every step of the way, and you know, I mean, as a, I, I think as a, as a fellow director, that's what I really kind of admired about her, um, especially Brady and industry, which is so, which is dominated by white males. You know, as a, you know, as a woman of color, like navigating her way through, and um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, just mind blowing. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'd say that's what I kind of observed, you know, um, uh, between between the two films. Um, uh, I have a twofold question. Uh, firstly, uh, yeah. what were the kinds of reception the film the garnered in Sri Lanka? No, I don't mean like, of course, in the back. I am keeping the backlash aside, but like, say, within yeah. your close circles or in broader circles, in universities or among students, what were what were the kinds of reception the film garnered in Sri Lanka? So that's a good question. Because a lot, so here's the thing, a lot of people, it's difficult to say because a lot of people haven't seen it. So it's not available in, in South Asia. Um, so it's available in the UK, in the US, in Oz, and in New Zealand. Oh, so it's still but, not available on Sri Lanka? No, no, it's oh, not. not. So, so we actually get Indian Netflix, right? So we get, we get what you guys get. Um, we saw uh, it at so, a festival, so we also, many of us did not get to watch it, yeah. Right, did so you it's see not available the, here as well. Bangalore. No, the Pune Film Festival. It was earlier this year, in March. Right, great, great. I'm glad you guys got to see it. It's so, it's, you know, I mean, so it's not like, uh, yeah, so sadly, like, it's not accessible to most people over here. It was meant to screen back in cinemas um, earlier on this year. I put Deepa in touch with one of my friends who runs a cinema chain. Yeah. We were going to screen it, and then we went back into lockdowns, so then all of that got you know, uh, got postponed. So but ho hopefully, you know, maybe end of the year, maybe start of next year, we'll have like a better idea once it's kind of readily available to, to the public. Um, uh, but but like, but obviously there are some people who have seen it and those, I think those who've seen it have reacted positively to it. Because um, I think, you know, the film's undoubtedly contributed uh, to the dialogue, you know, around the events of the 70s and the 80s, which 
I mean, guys, I wasn't even taught this stuff in school. It's not, it's not even touched upon over here, you know? Much of what I knew about, you know, the lead up to the war, you know, and, and 83 was, I mean, I'm really embarrassed to say, I learned like in, you know, my late teens um, through reading articles and reading books, um, but it's just not something that's taught in schools. Um, so a lot of people, I mean, there are many who are unaware, you know, of what happened. Um, so I think it's definitely, you know, raised awareness of that. Also raised awareness, I think, of LGBT issues um, in a country where it's still, you know, uh, where, where it's uh, where homosexuality is still criminalized. Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I think the fact that it's one of the first films, or uh, maybe one of the South Asian films, you know, to portray kind of um, you know, a brown gay relationship, um, uh, you know, I mean, ha definitely has to count for something. And although it's early and like you were saying, many haven't seen the film, but like, what do you think the film will bring? What are the new edges the film will bring to the already prevailing conversation the book has generated? Because the book is beloved in Sri Lanka and of course in India as well. Like lots of us in universities, we read the book. So there's a kind of, it's almost canon right now. So. What do you think the film will bring to the table? I think what's great about the film is it's not a straightforward adaptation of the book. It follows a different structure. Um, so it, you know, whilst the overall story kind of stays the same, I think it's it um, it's it's a slightly, I guess, condensed version that that relies on. It's a, I mean, like it's a, it's a, it's not episodic, right? Um, but there are these flashbacks in there. Um, I think it's a, I, I think, I think it's a reminder in many ways the horrors of the past uh, that I mentioned before that you know that many people are unaware of um, or many people have forgotten about, um, and I think. I mean, it's a reminder of what could happen again in, you know, in our future here, anywhere else, you know. Um, um, there were, I mean, there were people who watched the film with me who had read the book when it first came out um, in, the, come out in the 90s, I think, um, and were just, uh, were just devastated by the film, you know, were just so devastated by the film. I remember I showed it to, showed it to one of my, yeah, showed, showed it to showed it to a friend of mine who was just so upset by it, um, and um, I think it. Yeah, I guess you know, in many ways, it, you know, it, it's a warning. It's a warning of what could happen again, um, and it's definitely something. It's definitely the kind of film that needs to be screened widely. It needs to be screened in universities, like in, in the same way that the book is taught. You know, over here. Um, it needs to be. It needs to be. Uh, it needs to be screened more widely, not just in Colombo. It needs to be screened around the country, where a lot of this knowledge may not be. You know, may may not be taught. You know, if it's not taught in Colombo, it's definitely not taught outside. Um, and yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it's something. Yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be discussed more widely, and it will be. And and hopefully, hopefully. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's a really tricky thing, you know. I, because um, I think cinema has the power to raise consciousness, 
you know um i don't know whether cinema has the power to be like an agent of change uh, but you can definitely plant the seed of an idea in someone's head um and i think what's what's amazing about the fact that there is a film adaptation of the book is the fact that um cinema is the most accessible of all art forms and i think particularly here in south asia where fewer people read you know everybody goes to the cinema or like everybody watches films everybody's got netflix it's more easily accessible um than any other art form so hopefully it will reach a wider audience as a result as well um you know on top of the audience that it is already the book has already reached um so yeah hopefully it will you know, plant that seed uh i'm also curious because i heard in an interview when uh, deepa was asked uh, when the backlash thing erupted and she Uh, said that she had asked many filmmakers in Sri Lanka, like Prasanna Vithanesh or uh, many others, uh, yeah. that why the why they haven't attempted adapting this book, and they had said that it was like a really hot button issue and they could not risk it or something like that. Uh, now I want to know from an actor's perspective, given your your own proximity to the circuits or whatever, uh, how have filmmakers approached the carnage of the seventies and eighties? how have they approached i don't think they have approached how, it they haven't approached so they it's still like a I mean, no i can't think of this i the so i it's think like a fully no no zone like they can't go there and they, they haven't approached the lead up to the war the there are films that have approached the war itself the war yeah um but not the, you know not as far as as far as i know not these particular events uh but there are films that have i mean a lot of sri lankan cinema has 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 uh has 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 explored you know the war in sri lanka actually most sri lankan cinema has explored the war over here um i would say but no i mean none that i can think of that have you know um yeah explored like the events in the lead up the funny boy the funny boy has done um but yeah. the, but the, but the like the climate of bigotry or the insidious discrimination that did not get touched on or explored in the film sorry but the like the climate leading up to the war like you know the way people are pitted against one another like the suspicion and the distrust those things yes. were not explored not that I've not that I've seen anyway no okay so you talked about how this film is probably one of the first films to talk about sexual minorities and their problems in in sri lanka and maybe in uh, south east south east southern asia so yeah. uh, down the years how have you viewed the case towards uh, sexual minorities and the representation in films and television in sri lanka so i think i mean i would preface my answer by saying i think that's a question that those from within the community might be better placed to answer um but as an as an ally like my observations are the things have improved i have like i have talked to uh, lgbt like friends of mine who are in the lgbt community and um a friend of mine was actually telling me recently that you know i mean there is more media representation there's more acceptance overall um but sometimes that acceptance is more you know is limited to more kind of privileged maybe even colombo circles um and you know i mean the media representation is is like a step forward um you know the positive thing it's not always real life um 
because the LGBT community still faces a lot of discrimination and harassment, um, you know, with, you know, this law in place that, you know, that criminalizes uh, homosexuality, you know, and it, it's, it's the kind of case where I think the pri it's really only the privilege that are kind of protected in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah, from my understanding of it anyway, and from the conversations that I've had, um, yeah, with people. Yeah, there. so in the case of India, in the early 2000s, there was this casual uh, mistreatment towards the sexual minorities in cinema. It was laughed, they were laughed upon, they were sort of, quote unquote, the clowns. They were the comic yeah. movies in the films. So is that the same case in children cinema? Or at least in the past? You know, I don't know how many, I don't know whether there have been very many representations of LGBT, like brown LGBT, Sri Lankan LGBT characters over here. Again, it's not something that I've really seen. Um, a lot of Sri Lankan cinema is, you know, it, it can be quite conservative. You know, there's a time when even like an on-screen kiss is kind of like frowned upon, um, you know, between like heterosexual uh, characters. Again, like I... I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a there's a film scholar out there who, you know, who proved me wrong, you know. Um, but I, I I don't know. Again, like I haven't seen. I'm trying to think of whether. I, I. You know. Okay. No, that is that. That's okay. So I can't think of a film actually. I can't think of a film, that. Um, so I know Prasanna. Prasanna made a film with Nimi, that. The, um right that that has a that has an lgbt uh relationship um but it's you know it, it's a very i mean i mean it's not it's not it's not handled in a comical way at all um uh he takes like a very kind of serious you know um, he he exposes it from like quite a serious perspective um I don't know. I mean, I can't. I, I, I'm struggling to think of other films. Uh, perhaps like my Sri Lanka film history is not good enough. Uh, but I mean, I try to watch as many Sri Lanka films as I can. Um, there was another LGBT film that came out recently called um, Franchipani, I think. And I again, I, you know, I, it was a more. It was a again, like I, I wouldn't say it like it. It was made by a gay filmmaker, so I don't think it. I think it was anyway, and I don't think it was. Uh, you know, it adopted like a comic uh, attitude um, to you know, or like like it didn't like as far as I can remember, it didn't like ridicule gay characters, you know, like the gay characters in the. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess at the end of the day, there aren't like that many LGBT films out there. This is probably. This maybe yeah, Akasa Kusum, Franchipani, and this film, uh, and those have all been made in like the last kind of like 10, 10 15 years, maybe something like that. Yeah. So you are a South Asian filmmaker, and you have worked uh, in in foreign foreign in Britain basically. So what what do you think are some of the common pet peeves regarding the portrayal of Sri Lankan? Uh, characters in South Asian cinema and in world cinema. I mean, there's a lot of amazing cinema being made over here. Um, but I would say, even though I mean, I God, like I mean, I love I love the work of uh, Prasanna Vitanike and Vimukti Jayasundra and Asoka Handagama. Uh, I'm sure you guys you guys are all cinephiles. You're probably 
quite familiar with them. I mean, they're like three of my favorite directors. I adore their work. Um, uh, I would, I think I'll say that as an industry, we've like definitely struggled to expand our repertoire of themes. Um, it's slowly changing, but I will say that, I, mean, I might get shot down for saying this, but I think Sri Lankan, Sri Lankan films, you know, often veer towards narratives that are based around like the war or the villages. Um, and again, like not to, you know, um, uh, you know, not to, I mean, not to hop on about this, but I mean, the, those themes are, those themes are, those are important themes. They're very relevant in their own right. They need to be discussed. They need to be re-examined. But um, I think, you know, there are, there are other stories that also, that perhaps, worth, that are perhaps worth exploring. Um, like we're not defined solely by poverty or by war, um, uh, uh, much as like the West might like to think. You know, um, but I mean, I, these things are slowly changing. These things are slowly changing. I think, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a tricky one, right? Because, you know, you look, you sometimes look at the films that are programmed at like, um, at Western film festivals. And this doesn't just apply to Sri Lankan films. This applies to, you know, um, fil, you know fil, films from like around the world, like films, other films from the global south as well. But, um you know, there is a certain kind of theme that will gain traction at those festivals. There's a certain kind of film that will win awards. Um, and I don't know, I think it's a little parochial. Um, it's a shame because sometimes certain films will get selected, you know, at the expense of other, you know, at the expense of other films. Um, like they'll see, they'll see less value in a film that's, I don't know, a family drama, you know. They'd, they'd rather see like doom and gloom, bloodshed, um, that kind of thing. Poor people, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's just my view. But it, it's, it, you know, it is changing. It is, it is definitely changing. Um, uh, yeah. Slowly, slowly changing. Yeah. I want to take some recommendations now. So uh, growing up which were the kind of filmmakers whose work you grew up on and maybe also let us know like the current atmosphere of Sri Lankan film ecosystem right now because we as Indians don't even get to know, we don't even get to watch them because accessibility is a big issue. We don't even get to watch films of Vithanej or Vimukti. Like, it's very difficult yeah. to locate unless you are at a film festival. Which is I mean, they're, they're, they're really difficult to find here too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that that that. I mean, I mean, I mean, like usually what happens is like they'll screen in cinemas and like you know rush the cinema to watch them. Uh, but often, like uh, especially with some of the classics, the classics are again. I hope I don't get shot down for saying this, but they're not so well distributed, you know. So like they're really they're really difficult to find. So like there are some of these classics that even I haven't seen, you know, that no one has seen, you know, except the people who are alive when like they were they were in cinemas. I think it's a real shame. We need like a criterion, you know, to come here and like, you know, to do what they did with Satyajit Ray, you know, like they need to restore, they need to restore like Lester James Pierce's stuff, you know, there's some great filmmakers in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so, I mean, I would say that, um, I mean, in terms of Sri Lankan directors, you know, Vimukti, Prasanna, Asoka, um, uh, you know, uh, are like are some of my are like some of my yeah, favorites. Female, female directors, right? Working right now. 
Um, there are a few young female directors. Um, they're like uh, when I say young, I mean like like I guess. Um, there are. There's I think there's Sumati Sivamohan. There's uh, there's Nadia Pereira. Um, I've seen some of Nadia stuff. I really like it. Um, there are a few. There, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, there are like I think a few few directors in their twenties as well. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's there's Hirania Pereira. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of these, apart from Sim, uh, apart from uh, Sumati, uh, a lot of them are like um, kind of like me at the beginning of their careers, you know. And, they're making the they're making the kind of feature films, you know. Um, oh, there's 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 Lanka Bandaranaika, who's also a really talented filmmaker. Uh, I've seen some of her shots; they're amazing. Um, there's Anuma Rajakarana, who's an amazing documentary filmmaker. She works with a lot of young filmmakers. Um, she kind of travels around the country, funding and um, and educating educating. Um, uh, 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 people with an interest in filmmaking, you know, providing them with equipment, with with funding to make short films, um, and uh, she's helped out a lot of female filmmakers as well. Um, so yeah, she's doing a lot of great stuff over here. Anomara Karana. Um, um, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really grow up with a lot of Sri Lankan cinema. I saw like the odd less James Pierce film in the cinema with my parents. I saw Vimuk I think I saw Vimukti's film when it first came out. Um, I think it was maybe 15, I think. Um, it was pretty shocking, um, but like great. I mean, I think it's one of the greatest Sri Lankan films ever made, um, uh, Forsaken Land. Um, um, I mean, I mainly grew up on, uh, in terms of, were you guys asking about influences and stuff? I mean, I, I mainly grew up on, I would say if I'm gonna be really honest, like my first influence was Star Wars. You know, as was everybody, as was every filmmaker's, you know, boring answer. But like, it, I'd never seen anything as entertaining and as imaginative as Star Wars. Um, uh, you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, that was when I was like eight, nine, ten. I still love those films. Uh, by the time I was 14, 15, my friend lent me his Kubrick box set, um, one of my best friends from, from, uh, from high school. Um, and God, it, I, I mean, really kind of changed my life. It was just so mysterious. His work was just so mysterious. It was just so kind of ambiguous and so thought-provoking. Uh, he was such a versatile filmmaker. I mean, I still watch his films, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure whether I understand them, you know, but they're just, they're just so profound. Um, I adore Kubrick. Um, but then I think when I was 18 or 9, I, yeah, I think when I was 18, like I came across like my all-time favorite filmmaker, Paul Thomas Anderson, whose work I just I just like I I I worship. Like the I I really think he's a modern-day Kubrick. Um, and I in my in my opinion, he's the world's greatest filmmaker. Um, he has such a kind of clear, kind of defined, such a unique voice, you know. And he's had that from such a young age. You know, he was like Orson Welles's age when he started making films. You know, he was like in his mid twenties. Um, there's so much subtlety, the complexity, nuance, you know, there's, but there's also the sublime craftsmanship, which he, which, you know, which I think is unrivaled by, by most American directors, I'd say, you know, 
his films are just so multi-layered and each time I watch them, like I feel like I discover something new. Um, and I think he kind of explores the human condition in a way that is just so kind of visceral, you know, it's so tangible, uh, it's so relatable. Um, the dialogue is just brilliant as well. It's just so captivating, you know. It's not just like the visual panache, you know. It's not just these these groundbreaking kind of like long takes and um, visual style. It's 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 the dialogue is just. But I mean, also like your great humanitarian filmmaker, Safiyajid Ray, is one of my faves. He's like he's like one of the OGs, you know. Um, just so kind of precise and so so poetic. Um, Again, just like one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorites. But I mean, I love, I love Fellini. I love Linklater. I love Richard Linklater. You know, before sunrise and before sunset. You know, those are probably like in my top three. I rewatch them like a couple of times every year. It feels like I'm flying each time I listen to the dialogue. It's so beautiful. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've I've always been obsessed with cinema and I watched a lot of films from a very young age. Um uh so yeah, I mean I I I, I try to I try to watch as many different kinds of films as I possibly can. Um, um yeah. I guess those are like some of my influences, but I mean there are like there there there's so many more. There's so many more. I love Wes Anderson. I wrote my thesis on Wes Anderson. Um I can't wait to see his new film. <laughs> yes, both PT yeah. and Wes have new films, so plentiful room for excitement. I'm sorry? Both PT and Wes have new films coming, so there's a lot of excitement. Oh, God, like they both look, oh my gosh, they both look like masterpieces. It's just like, what did we do to deserve like a new PTA film, a new Wes Anderson film? There's like <laughs> a new, um, oh my gosh, like, oh, oh the, the, oh. I forget her name now. Um, Celine, Sh Celine Sharma has a new film yeah. out as well. Mama, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. It's great just, film. yeah, just like mine. But yeah, I mean, just a and lot of great stuff to look forward to. Any recent great Sri Lankan film that you watch and would like to recommend to us? Like of the past five or six years, anything that really stood out? Um, yes, yes, that was a great film that I watched last year called Pangshu. Um, I don't think it's been released widely yet. It was here in cinemas. Brilliant, brilliant film by um, a Vis uh, Visakesa. I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys the name. I don't want to get the second name wrong. And it starts with a C, but his first name is Visakesa. It's Chandrasekharam. Uh, but he made, he made Frangipani, right? Um, the you know the, the the LGBT film I was talking about, and then he made this film, which is again just 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 so sublime and just kind of kind of devastating to watch. Um, I would highly recommend that. Um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, my friend, my friend Movin the Benoy, who's an independent filmmaker, he made he made a he made a he made a brilliant feature film, uh, his very first feature film for just sixty thousand rupees. A Sri Lankan rupees, uh, which which he he shot, he directed, he wrote um, with his with the with the co-star, no, with the with the with the star of it, um, 
and it's called, I think it's out later this month. I'll send you guys a link. Uh, and it's, it's phenomenal. Um, it's called Kota Baba. Um, and it's, it's so funny and it's so, it's so ridiculous, um, but also has like some serious undertones to it, but just like a, a phenomenal debut. Um, film and made for made for peanuts, you know, made for next to nothing. Um, so yeah, I would recommend those two films. One last question, since Funny yeah. Boy, like, what what has been keeping you busy? Other new projects in the pipeline? What have you been working on? I know you are very busy, so yes, let us know. Yes, um, so I'm, I've been working on a series of local projects, and there's some international ones as well. Um, uh, there is, so on the acting side, I've been offered, and again, like I haven't really talked about this, so I don't know whether I'm allowed to mention, but like one of my favorite directors over here has offered me like uh, a role in his new feature, which I'm really excited about. Um, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll, that'll happen at some point next year. It's been delayed due to COVID. Uh, I'm so, so excited. Um, uh, to be working on that, uh, fingers crossed, like it all kind of works out. Um, so that um, I've been direct, I've been working on a series of projects as well. Like uh, I've been, I've been working on directing a series of projects as well. Uh, I made a music video for an artist at the start of the year. So like my first time directing a music video, which is really fun. Um, she's, she's kind of like a jazz soul R and B um, artist. Um, I made that at the start of the year. There, uh, I'm working on, I'm writing a TV series, which we are prepping for right now. So we're shooting the first episode. It's a, it's a series set 30 years into the future in Sri Lanka. Uh, I'm not directing it, um, but I wrote it uh, with a few other people. And um, that is, uh, we're shooting end of the month. Um, and I mean, I've been writing a lot of shorts that I plan on directing. Um, probably like in London. Um, and yeah, I just kind of used these last couple of years to, to relearn the art of script writing. You know, um, I don't know whether you guys have been watching these. Uh, I don't know if you guys are interested in making films uh, or you're coming at it more from like a film critic angle. Uh, but um, I, I, spent, I spent lockdown watching a whole series of those masterclasses that you see like numerous adverts for on like social media. Uh, you know, I watched like the Mayor Naya one, which is great. Um, watched the Scorsese yeah. one, watched the Scott Spike Lee one, and and um, I mean they all said that you know you have to you you know to to make great cinema. You know, like, the greatest cinema is the most personal. Um, so I think uh, you know I spent a lot of I spent a lot of like the last kind of year and a half um, writing, rewriting. I wrote like five six scripts that I just like just threw away because they were rubbish. And then like, I, I wrote like a few more that like, I'm kind of happy with. And it's like, okay, cool. Now the moment it's like, all right to kind of travel. Um, I have all of this work. I have like all these scripts that are ready to be kind of made. So um, yeah, the plan is to make those as well. Um, yeah, so to pursue like the directing and the acting um, kind of side by side. Yeah. Um, Okay, clearly yeah. have your hands full, but I'm also a bit greedy right now. Uh, since we don't get to like read about like Sri Lankan film criticism, like are there any film critics working in Sri Lanka who are covering like 
the trends and the movements in Sri Lankan cinema that whose work you would like urge us to read or something? Is there a Sri Lankan Kaya de cinema? I don't know. Um, Not Thai. I mean, just like yeah, what is coming out. Yeah. Mm, there are people who write occasionally, I think. Um, God, I wish I could give you names, but I really, do. I, I honestly, I used, to, I used to write, I used to write like reviews of the newspapers, like when I was like 21, 22, But they were mainly of like they were mainly of, um, uh, of, um, you know, of far like of 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 like international films. I'm trying to think. Damn, I don't know. I mean, I guess there are people who do it occasionally, but like that, there's. There's nobody who writes kind of like, you know, at least not that I know of, you know, who writes regularly um, about Sri Lankan films. Um, I, guess I'll let you guys know, the, I, I guess it's more in the academic zone or something, like academic, right, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope, mean, <laughs> because I haven't liked that, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there should be, there really should be more people writing about it. Um, I think, I mean, you know, it, it could also be that, you know, since, since it's so difficult to get a hold of a lot of these films, you know, that um, there isn't much film credit out there. Um, I think Sri Lanka is also a very small society, like Colombo in particular, it's a very small society and people are, People are afraid of uh, of offending each other, um, so so they're they they're very hesitant to come out with what they, you know, with how they truly feel. Um, my sister used to used to be a critic for the newspapers, but and but but more in like the theater arena um, than the film arena. Um, and her some of her work is great, and she's very you know she's very blunt with her. I mean blunt and like you know to a certain level diplomatic as well um, um but yeah again i can't think of very many i can't think of very many film critics who you know who'd feel kind of feel comfortable um like, like, like in like india you know or in like or in london or like in england or in the us you know it's just like it's a you know it's a there's a whole art to it you know it, it's a whole profession it's a, a um yeah I'm asking this because, like, I was trying to locate uh, Vithanej and Vimukti's films, and I could not except like one or two. And I was trying to like read up on their films, but frankly, I could not find anything. So yeah, I was just wondering, like, is there no writing on the films, or maybe I don't know. So it's a bit vague. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's funny you say this because so I have a friend who's a full writer. She came down from yeah, so she was like she did her Fulbright like seven, eight years ago and we bumped into each other. We, we became really good friends. Her name is Sheila Lal. So, uh, in, in Indian American, um, but I mean, grew up in, grew up in Missouri. Um, she came to Sri Lanka to do her, her to do like her, her Fulbright on Sri Lankan cinema and like, you know, both classical and contemporary cinema. Um, and she was just like, I can't find any of these films. It's so difficult. You know, <laughs> like, where do I look? And I was like, there's like one shop that has like some films, but it doesn't have all the films, you know? Um, 
uh, I know there are like a couple of, there are one or two sites that, uh, you know, I haven't tried out, but like, I know on some of these sites, there are no subs. So you'd have to know single. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no subs. There's no subs. So, oh, so it's like, like a of, uh, Like, uh, I think Prasanna's film, Forsaken Land. It's his film, right? Vimukti's 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 film. So I could not find any other film. I just found his film. I just Forsaken Land. <laughs> After yeah. that or before that. It's a shame. I mean, yeah, like uh, and, he's gonna he, he he's gonna kill me for like telling you telling guys the story, but it's kind of funny, so I'll tell you. Um, he was he was so when I when I first became friends, with that, I was like twenty one, twenty two, and we so like Vimukti is like a good friend of mine, you know stuff. Um, uh, and um, uh, you know, I think the first time I met him, I told him I like I watched his film, and I was like, you know, I watched your first film. I think it's it's phenomenal. You know, I still need to see your second film. He gave me a copy of the second film, um, and the third, and I saw the fourth film in the cinema. But um, uh, he got an invite for a film festival. I won't say which film festival, but like he got an invite for a film festival, and he said, "I need a copy of my own film." So he comes over to my house with like with with the same editor that we both that, that we both work with, Saman. Um, and he was like, Listen, I need a copy of your film. And I was like, Yeah, but bro, like the copy I have is like a torrented version. He's like, No, it's cool. <laughs> I need to give it to the festival. He's gonna murder me for telling you the story, but like, yeah, that's uh, uh so I mean I think that's how like difficult it is to get a hold of some stuff. Um, but uh, he's yeah, he's a... Uh, uh, you know, get in touch with Prasanna. Prasanna, like, share, I, he, you know, he, he, he might, he might share links to some of his work. Um, uh, and yeah, some of the others, I, I don't know whether some of the others are even in like, um, like on D, on DVD. Because I know Sanjeeva Pushpakumara, great filmmaker as well. Um, he. Oh, yeah, I don't know where these films are in shops even, but yeah, I mean, I'll keep a, I'll keep a lookout. I've come across a few less James Beard films online, a few um, here and there. Um, but yeah, um, this state is both funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's a shame because there are all these great films out there just waiting to be waiting to be watched, you know. Um, uh, all like waiting to be restored, um, uh, and I think a lot of them just kind of well, some of them are just like kind of collecting dust, collecting mold in the film archives, you know, which is really sad. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's all. We have so many questions, and thank you for answering no, no, no. all the questions. And uh, good luck for all your projects. We will, we can't wait to see whatever you do next, and we hope we can chat again whenever you have something next in life. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for the, for the call, guys. Really nice chatting to you. Thank you. Bye. Cool. See you. Bye.